can we, we be real with you? you? Wait, that was good. It's episode 10. I know. Episode 10. We made it. That's good. Wow. Double digits. I know. Last week, we talked about stand culture and the positives and negatives that are associated with stand culture. Today, we're going to be talking about the craziest thing you've ever done as fans, your biggest takeaway as a fan, and what changes are needed in stand culture, within stand culture. Mm-hmm. Also, we're almost at a thousand plays, which is which insane. Is, I know. Literally. What? Ten episodes? A thousand plays. You're going to get it. That's crazy to us. I know. We are so thankful for each and every one of you and can't even describe how grateful we are for that number. So keep playing, keep streaming, keep sharing. We appreciate all of your love and support. Um, and hopefully we'll be bringing you another great episode. So what we're loving this week okay i can start with what i'm loving okay i okay so i've been watching a lot of youtube lately i like go in and out of youtube because sometimes i find someone like a creator that i really like and then i watch every single video that they've ever made whatever so recently i've been obsessed with watching shelby church's quarantine vlogs i Mm -hmm. watch her sister monica like regularly But her and Shelby just came out with a podcast themselves, so I've been, like, engaging in more of Shelby's content as well. And I highly recommend, like, she has a fun way of making her quarantine vlogs, like, have a purpose, kind of. And, like, she talks about a lot of different things. She has a Tesla, which she talks about a lot, and it's so cool to me because I'm, like, I don't even know what being able to have that well you don't even have a license well yeah true (laughs) but i'm like it's just so fascinating to me like she's just like has a tesla lives in la but she's not like a typical like annoying lifestyle vlogger like she's just so normal too that's the thing with vlogs like sometimes they're just so repetitive I, if your day sounds exactly like mine and you have 300,000 subscribers like i don't want to yeah. like, watch that yeah and like she does a lot of um videos like on her main channel too like she'll interview a lot of different ceos of companies um she'll do like what five thousand dollars in rent looks like in new york versus la like videos like that and i really enjoy that but i also enjoy her vlogs too because they're just so she has such a good way of filming like they're so clean and you can tell she's like really into cinematography and like the getting the b-roll and all that stuff and not just like vlogging her face but yeah highly recommend shelby church did you did you watch the Umbrella Academy? No. So that's my thing that I'm loving this week. The second season just came out and it was so I liked the first season. It was so much better than the first season, which surprised me. Really? So I'm like very excited about season three. So basically the plot of the Umbrella Academy is that randomly one day four to three women who weren't pregnant like give birth by the end of the day and this man comes and adopts seven of these children from around the world and they end up being like superheroes one of them's like part like ape like he is like really big yeah. and like, strong one of them can um talk to the dead one of them can like th- like he's like a knife thrower and so the first season like follows them like trying to end the apocalypse that's coming in like 10 days or something And then the second season is after that, obviously. They all get sent to um, the 1960s. And it was just really interesting to see, like, all the different, like, storylines connect and, like, how they developed them because they obviously all had very different lives from 2019 to going back in the 60s. Like, the the one woman was black, so she lands in... 1962 Mm -hmm. and goes into a restaurant and they're like you can't sit here so she ends up like getting involved in civil rights so it was just like really interesting to see how they completely changed it up from the first season and i'm actually excited for season three like i don't think it's going to be like it's going to get boring yeah i think it's going to get even better and like eric didn't love the first season i don't think he even finished it and he sat and watched the whole second season with me and like enjoyed it so yeah i would recommend that if you're into superheroes at all so that's what i'm loving this week before we get into the boyfriend of the week i just wanted to give a shout out (laughs) to my biggest fans who left me a very gorgeous hate mail in our anchor inbox i didn't even know that you viewers could send voice messages but they found a way yeah um brandon lucas and brandon luke and Peyton. peyton like all different names they gave us and they gave us four different names throughout the 30 second video thank you guys just want to give you a shout out i have the mic closer to me today so hopefully I'm yeah hopefully I, hopefully we're 27 notches up like you asked so you can yeah. hear us 
such bizarre behavior from men as always yeah so (laughs) now we're gonna award a mediocre man the title of boyfriend of the week yes take it away okay my boyfriend of the week this week is sort of random i'm scared (laughs) okay do you follow fibula on tiktok no is he the one that you fought on okay we didn't fight on insta dms but kind of we fought on insta dms but okay his name is his name on tiktok and on instagram is fibula but his real name is connor and he is just like this guy from what does he do though he's just fun no he's just funny like he'll just post videos of like stream of consciousness and it's literally hilarious and he's from like newport beach just like some guy but he's so like funny and i don't think i don't think anything that he does is like on purpose and that's what makes him so funny to me and he uploaded a youtube video yesterday like he made a youtube because i guess people were asking him to and i watched it and it's literally just him going on a hike for like 10 minutes and it's the funniest thing i've ever watched i don't know there's just something about him he's so funny oh my god i'm gonna have to watch and um he just to clear up the air we did not fight on insta dms i just i sent him a message because i was like um i was like use that tiktok income to like donate to blm or whatever and then okay first i sent that for my finsta didn't know that people could like see that i just thought since it was a private account from like a private account yeah i was like i just thought like oh you if it's a private account they won't be able to see my message which is illogical thinking like obviously they're gonna be able to see your message but um he replied and he was like oh i did donate and like sent me screenshots and stuff and like he was really nice he just was like i didn't want to be performative blah 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 but i'm like king use your platform you have so many followers <laughs> um but he's so funny i highly recommend that everyone follows him because he's literally underrated and emma chamberlain did an interview recently and she said that he's her favorite tiktoker so clearly we have taste over here wow. i think you think he's funny i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go watch all of his TikToks. it's so hilarious and he like started in quarantine at least that's when i first started watching him like he came up on my for you page and stuff during quarantine and he's just so funny but he is traveling a lot to like fibula please (laughs) fibula slash connor would i'm like please stay home stay home and maybe you'll make it (laughs) as a boyfriend of the week for the second week we haven't had any like repeats no we have not no one's been on the charts two weeks in a row i know sorry there's just so much to choose from okay so let's get into the second part of our stan culture episode we're gonna talk about what changes are needed and then we'll get into the more happy stuff at the end yeah um so everyone gave such great responses for this i think that there's a lot of general consensus that there needs to be more openness and acceptance and i think that that would be my biggest thing for me and Mm -hmm. also like there's so much um emphasis put on spending so much money and i feel like there's not like an equal like amount of emphasis put on like the time that people spend into it because some people spend all day every day like being a fan and following the people that they stand but they don't have all the money in the world to follow them to around the world on tour and like i think that because it's seen as so much more accessible to just buy 10 like tickets to 10 different shows that if you don't do that like you're not a good stand Mm -hmm. And I think that that's very emphasized with Instagram culture and, like, yeah, influencer persona. Like, I don't think that that's something that would have happened, like, 10 years no. ago. But now, like, especially, like, we can say that. Like, we can say we've traveled to shows and we you went to L.A. You've yeah. gone to L.A. to see Harry Styles multiple times. Like, you, even we have done that. But it doesn't mean that we're better fans than other people just yeah. because we I- can do so. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that people don't realize how classist that is and just like a classist way of viewing things. Like I it's like subconscious, obviously, like when tour when tickets go out on sale and like a tour is announced, it's kind of just like the habit of everyone to be like, I'm going to go to these many shows like, oh, I'm doing all of the East Coast. Like I'm doing all of this. I'm doing all of that. But I think like people need to also realize how how much privilege that comes like that comes with that and being able to just be like yes i'm going to spend thousands of dollars on a ticket or hundreds of thousands of dollars on these tickets because i can whereas other people don't have that um privilege and i think 
I agree like it is a influencer type of culture where it's like look at me I'm at 15 Harry shows like you wish you could be me when in reality these girls are sleeping on the streets like point blank period also I've seen people like brag about running up credit card debt that they can't pay off to go on tour and there's people that aren't comfortable with spending money that they don't have yeah and I completely understand that and I just think that there's like a very unfair like dynamic about tour season specifically like within fan culture because that is like your access to the person like an experience with yeah and one of our listeners jojo wrote in the google form that the changes needed is like drama and competition between each other and i honestly think that comes with when it's touring season and like people buying tickets Mm -hmm. and stuff it's like the drama that comes with that and like the competition isn't from the isn't from the artist at all or like being noticed by the artist it's literally the drama of like or the competitive nature of like i'm going to 15 harry shows which gives me 15 chances for him to say something to me versus someone only being able to write like go to one and one is not better than the other like of course by all means if you can afford to go to multiple shows of a tour like do that with your own money like that's your own prerogative and I've done it too like I last Harry tour I went to three shows and like because I wanted to whereas there's other people that went to like one or didn't go to any and it doesn't mean that someone is better than you because you can't go to any shows and I also think like we're lucky we live in the in the u.s like there's some people that live in countries where like artists do not go to or like don't go to for or like have like one show there and that's it you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. that well i think also there's everyone is so desensitized like especially online like I, we were saying i forgot to mention this last week but um in the last episode i was talking about how i really like the vamps and i've gone to a lot of their shows and in 2015 i won tickets to one of their shows and I will never forget this. Someone literally tweeted and said that they were going to come to the show and shoot me. Like, I'm just, I, at that time, I was a 16-year-old girl. I was a senior in high school. Literally did yeah. not sent one tweet, like, entering a free yeah. contest, and I won. And someone said they were going to come and shoot me. And, like, for a minute, I was scared because my picture was online. Like, there's pictures of me and my yeah. friends. Like, you could, if you went to find me, like, at that show, you could have found yeah. me. Like, and it was simply, like, I it was a some random person but like it's like that it's threat is real like that aggressiveness yeah. and like the everything's so desensitized and people think that they can say whatever they want and like that is a very like hurtful scary message to receive when i'm like oh i'm gonna go to this concert next week and yeah or also remember when that girl when you went to the exo show and that person tweeted like it's gonna get blown up or something yeah i decided to go see exo a k-pop group and someone tweeted like they had tickets to go and then it ended up that they couldn't go and so they literally were just like oh it's a good thing that i can't go anyway because i have a feeling that like something bad's gonna happen and i was like what do you mean and this is someone that i follow and they said oh i think that it's gonna get bombed and i was like why would yeah. you say that first of all why would you say that online why would you say that to me who's going to the show because now i'm unnecessarily like anxious i mean i think like all concert goers have that thought in the back of their mind now because of just like the rise of attacks yeah. like in that environment but like to say that online is just so insane it, to me and to like cause that discomfort for other people who are going like i did not need to be worrying about that show getting bombed that night like i had many other things to be concerned yeah. about yeah should not have been one of them yeah and it's just like yeah i think it just comes with like to just say that online so easily it's just you can tell that like we're so far removed yeah and it's just like very insensitive and also it's just like don't if you can't go to a show then don't like don't wish harm on other people that are going to that said yeah. show like that's not cool at all okay we had a few people say which I kind of agree with is like changes needed. Stop excusing the things that your fave has done just because mm-hmm. you like them and ho- be able to hold them accountable. That's something that I've always believed in and have obviously we've all seen it like more so in recent times, like people holding their faves accountable. But there's also the select few of people who who think like their favorite artist or band or whatever is like untouchable and every negative comment, every negative experience, like anything that's taken out of 
like taken as an offensive statement or whatever is like the wrong is on you and not on the artist for making that statement and I think that is something that really needs to like just like this mindset that needs to shift like you can be critical of your favorite artist while still being a fan of them and I think that you can't be a good fan and um you can't be a good fan without being critical of your favorite artist or band but also like your favorite artist can make yeah mistakes. like yeah going to make mistakes everyone makes mistakes and just because they're under the microscope doesn't mean that like they need to be canceled or like you need to send them death threats like I think that there's like as much as like cancel culture is a problem and accountability you know is a whole another conversation like everything doesn't have to be like life or death yeah for and I'm always under like, someone making a stupid mistake yeah and, like I am I think that I am relatively understanding in that sense and I think you are too but like there is a certain point where it's like you have to say something or stop being a fan yeah like I think about okay when I was younger I really liked I really liked Taylor Swift not saying that I don't now but when I was younger I really liked Taylor Swift literally could bought the fearless cd bought the speak now cd like was obsessed with her then the whole like 2016 election thing happened right after her like 1989 my girl gang like crew like Mm -hmm. me and all my girls are going against the world i'm a feminist thing and then she the 2016 election happened and she didn't say anything about literally anything like just like went ghost and that's something that i like really was upset about and like held against her for a long time because and still kind of to an extent like I don't think I hold it against her anymore but it was just something that I'm like okay if you're gonna make your brand feminism and it's not only exclusive to Taylor Swift but she's one of the biggest pop stars so it's not like you can and I feel like she was like intersectional feminism yeah yeah she's like had serena yeah no like she had serena on stage she had like if you're going to be this like pioneer of like yeah um can you say something about the fact that donald trump is running for president you know what i mean it's just like and you would think that like a first female president like nominee like this could be our first female president like that that a person whose entire brand is feminism is would say something like to back them you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and then she didn't say anything and then like the reputation thing happened with like kimye and all that stuff but like it's just like if you would have said something at that point in time maybe like not saying that she would have skewed the election or like done all this stuff but it is easier in my opinion it's easier to s- condemn Donald Trump when he's already in office and saying these horrible things than to condemn and everyone else is condemning him than to condemn Ch- Donald Trump and like people that think like Donald Trump in 2016. You know what I mean? Because it's like maybe, yeah. she, I mean, watch her Miss Americana documentary. She's literally fighting with her dad because her dad is like, no, people are going to be mad at you. Like, don't make that statement, blah, 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 blah. But she's like, no, I have to. I have to. And like, yes that's important and that's good for people to see and for us to rec- like for her to recognize that and recognize her privilege and not being and not speaking and how she wanted to be seen as this like goody two shoes like people telling her don't say this don't say that like kind of thing but it's also just like at some point in time you have to take responsibility for your actions and I think as a stan you can love Taylor Swift and love her music and love everything about her and still think that what she did at that point in time is was a bad decision like not speaking was a bad decision and it's not mutually like yeah it's not one or the other like you can have both and i think um because i'm not personally like in the k-pop fandom but cammy said said something that i think is really relevant too is like especially in k she's a bts stan and she said especially in k-pop the belief that mm-hmm. south koreans are oblivious to global issues such as cultural appropriation and racism needs to change and that just goes to like just because you think oh they're famous like they don't know these things like blah 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 it doesn't it's not an excuse like fame is not an excuse to be ignorant like if anything fame is is an excuse like fame should make you want to be more educated you know what i mean like specifically because i can talk about exo um there's been multiple like comebacks where like they're wearing dreads and like they're definitely like appropriating from black culture and it definitely does make me uncomfortable because there is no sort of 
check for that. Like, they are so, like, manufactured by a label and management company that, like, I can tweet about it, but that's not going to change them Mm -hmm. doing it. And I think that, like, somehow within, like, being like, oh, like, we will never be able to, like, speak directly to the artists. I know BTS are more accessible, like, on Twitter and stuff, but, like, I know that EXO will never read my tweet, so it seems like... It's, there's no point in saying anything, but, like, it is important to make that stop, like, in... And try. K-pop. And because, to me, yeah. it's, like, um, I know BTS donated a million dollars. Like, okay, if, you, if you're if you someone who thinks, oh, I'm a K-pop stan, like, South Korea is so far removed from the U.S., like, racist, they don't know anything about racism. It's, like, obviously they knew something about Black Lives Matter because they donated a million dollars. And that might be because mm-hmm. people were tweeting about it. And, like... You know what I mean? And their fans were t- tweeting them and, like, not stopping. And there's no harm. Like, you said, like, you may think this, like, Taylor Swift will never see my tweet. Like, Harry Styles will never see my tweet. BTS will never see my tweet. But, like, you never know. Because if you stop, yeah. then it allows them to, like, just live in their ignorance and, like, not care. Whereas if you, like, continually call someone out. And I think it goes to show, like, you're a fan of EXO and you recognize that them using their like wearing dreads and all this stuff is bad and they shouldn't do it but that doesn't mean you're like they're done for or like you know what i mean yeah you just have to hold people accountable and i think that's one thing like people shouldn't take that personally like an a, a criticism of your favorite artist doesn't mean or someone that you stand does not mean it's a criticism of yourself and i think a lot of people have trouble with that on twitter and just, like, fandom in a whole. Yeah. The person that named themselves on this form as your number one <laughs> fan brought up something um, that I wanted to say. And they were talking about, like, how intense stan culture and cancel culture have become. And that it's, like, there's a silent war between different fandoms of whose favorite person is the least problematic. Like, not over whose music yeah. or content is the best, but over who's the least problematic. And... That people just bring up past mistakes as a reason to hate someone. And they said that even though they're guilty of that, they'll admit that they do genuinely believe people can change and they're afraid that stand culture doesn't, like, really reflect that. And I completely agree with that. And I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, that, like, people can change. And there's a difference between making a mistake in the past and, like, continuing to make that mistake and, like, not own up to it. And I think that, like, it's only, like, perpetuated by the internet and, like, by people who are so crazy about you that, or maybe not crazy is not the right word, but, like, that are so passionate about you that they're willing to do anything to defend you and say anything, even if it means, like, targeting other people. Mm -hmm. Someone else said, the privacy invasion on celebrities, families, friends, significant others, etc. I think that, like, that's a massive problem, too, is, like, how it affects not only that person, but everyone around them. And I can't imagine what that's like to have that kind of pressure on all of your relationships just and, that like yeah. so many other people are looking at them and to me like it's honestly terrifying that people follow every single person in someone's circle and friend group and acquaintances like it's just like why do you need that, all that information if someone you like like for example if harry styles is going to be photographed or there's going to be a picture of him uploaded on someone's story or something like you're going to see it somehow you don't need to follow every single human being that has ever spoken to him and i think that's something like goes with like i guess not necessarily an invasion of privacy but it's just like does his second cousin sister's girlfriend whatever need a hundred thousand followers on instagram like it's just like and like people that are commenting, yeah, about Harry on all of their posts, like when they're just live their to, like, life, post pictures with their friends. It's just yeah. so this weird social, like I don't know. It's just like there's a line, and I understand following like someone's hairdresser or like someone's manager. Like I understand that type of stuff because it's like you kind of see them engaging in content, like following their like guitar player, all that stuff. But like following so far removed people is just like what's the point if something's going if someone is going to be in a instagram story or an instagram post like you're gonna it's gonna end up somewhere you know what i mean like we have magazines doing Mm -hmm. that for you so why do you need to do that like there's people on literal teams that are like their job is to seek out not saying like i'm sorry but the sun is gonna find a picture of anyone famous ever if you know what i mean it's just like 
the the picture's yeah. gonna find its way to the internet. You don't need to be the sole person to like be the messenger for everyone. And I just think that's something that really drives me insane. I'm like, what? Like, what is going on here? I don't. I just cannot fathom following that many people on Instagram just to, for hopes of seeing a picture before anyone else. Like, what do you gain from that? I don't know. But that's just my rant. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> Carolyn said actually being informed and not just going with what everyone else is saying. I think that's a massive mm-hmm. component too. And just with internet culture in general, like people get don't get all the information at one time and just make an assumption and we'll start sending death threats and not waiting for actual facts. Um, and also like there's so many fake Twitters. Yes. Now, like especially with like that are like stand related and like update accounts that I just think like you really need to be careful of what you're saying before actually understanding what's going on and like check the account activity like if someone just made an account today and posted like something that you wouldn't you know what i mean like if someone made an account today and posted mm-hmm. something and it had it got like when so many people got wind of it and it has a hundred thousand followers and or like retweets and faves and stuff it doesn't mean that it's necessarily true like i just think sometimes people need to check because anyone can tweet anything like i could tweet right now saying like taylor swift is in minnesota and someone will believe me like it's just like you can't believe everything you read on the internet and there's like some things that are harmless like that like people whatever being like this person is here and this person is there whatever like that's kind of harmless but like there are some real things that people say that it's just like accusing people of being racist accusing people of being all these things and well while some of that might be true you need to like do your own research and not just believe everything that you read on the internet but that also goes for just like attacking yeah. people in general like if all your friends are sending hate that doesn't mean you don't yeah too if like all of your friends are invading the privacy of the artists that you like that doesn't mean you have to do it too and that doesn't mean you're going to be a better fan if you participate in that and i think like a lot of people can say that they've done things that they wish they didn't do in the past and like i think that that's like yeah every like all of us make mistakes and we learn from that and we're like oh we would never do that again like we would never cross that yeah. line again um bridget said continuing to band together for good causes and ignoring slash not engaging in negativity or opposing opinions we can do so much good with a worldwide group of people with followings true i agree and I sometimes agree. i i um sometimes i think that I know we talked about this in last week's episode about how stands come together to like do drives and like charity donations in the name of their favorite artists and like that stuff that you don't necessarily like obviously a celebrity can donate a hundred thousand dollars without thinking twice about it but like if you can get your friends to to, like come together and donate just as much or whatever even like a hundred dollars like that's stuff that is tangible and like things that I guess we can move on we can go to like the big biggest takeaways or whatever but um that's mm-hmm. stuff that is tangible and we all know each other because of the internet and like to be able to say oh these fans donated like bts fans match the donation of B- bts like that's something that is so insane to comprehend and to think about but like it happened and that's because people decided that they wanted to band together to donate money like not because their favorite artist said that they should but because they wanted to you know what i mean and it's just that's like a great thing and focusing on that rather than like the pettiness and like Mm -hmm. the competition and the drama of it all would just make the world and the internet so much better yeah let's transition into the biggest takeaways from stan culture and your experience as a stan so shelby said it's incredible i literally grew and was shaped as a teen by being a fan it allowed me to learn about myself and grow through music so many of my current best friends and relationships were created by bonding over band or music and i think that this one is one that i could automatically Mm -hmm. relate to the most i think that like my i started actively tweeting when i was 12 and i think that it definitely like was a staple of like at least like high school and like early college for me and like all of my friends that i have now you included are people that i just consider like a best friend of mine and not like a twitter friend or someone like that's just like my friend because of music like you're genuinely one of my best Mm -hmm. friends and i think that it's crazy like to tell people like even when when we were talking to brooke like she had no idea that we 
we're living in two different like yeah. states she and thought that we, we went to college internet. together like, you know like it's crazy yeah. to yeah like it's crazy that people would have no idea that this is how we met and it's such a crazy story and people are always so amazed when i like talk about like all of my twitter friends that's my honestly the same for me like it's insane to think about all the people in my life that i would not have if i didn't decide to like stand one direction and go on twitter I know the 1D anniversary, like, the 10-year 1D anniversary was, like, a few weeks ago, and that entire day, I was just, like, it was so nostalgic for me to just, like, remember all the, like, crazy things that happened and, like, people I've met and just, like, knowing you from, like, Twitter and stuff, and it just seems so weird in a way because, like, it was literally, like, we both just liked a boy band, and, like, me and all my friends, like, we just liked a boy band, and then we happened to, like, become best friends for life, like, I could not imagine my life without you, I couldn't imagine my life without Katie, I couldn't, like, it's just so crazy to me that I've, like, these lives. also, like, now we're, like, connected career-wise, and, like, we had a call the other day that, like, connected us to other, yeah. like, fans who we knew through friends from the internet, and, like, talking about, like, career related things yeah it's just so crazy that like we have a podcast together and other twitter friends of ours listen to the podcast and like share it with their like friends that they've known from school and like it's just crazy what an insane network it is and like it's not even like specific to an artist anymore like it's yeah if you're a fan like you're connected like i think that's what's so incredible and that's what we've learned like as adults like as fans as adults like how connected it is it doesn't matter whether you were a one direction fan or a fan of the wanted yeah. or like a fan of glee like you're you're a mm-hmm. fan i agree and it's like it's even just crazy to think about how that's so like cemented in like you said like we can we're connected with all these people because we happen to be on twitter and even like my one of my best friends at work sam like we met at work i don't remember if i said this last episode but i'm sh- whatever we met at work and became really close because we were like both stands like we understand the same thing and like we obviously don't only talk about like fandom like same olivia and i don't only talk about like stand twitter stuff and like things that go on in twitter but like we talk about real life like sam and i literally work together and do like the same job but can also freak out about taylor dropping a surprise album you know it's just like these things that I just, like, sometimes I think about what life would be like without if I never was on Twitter like that and was just, like, didn't care or was a casual fan. And it's just, like, some, I cannot picture, like, life without these people. So it's just, like, I'm like, what would happen if I just never met Olivia? Well, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast probably, but, like, yeah. it's just, like, it's so No, but so I agree. It's, like, weird. so weird. Because, like, imagine if we were casual fans. Like, I think, again, like, we've talked about this before in other podcasts. Like, we get along because of, like, the passion yeah. and the drive. And, like, we're crazy about just getting things done and starting things and, like, moving and yeah. doing, like, talking about things. And that's something that everyone has in common. That's why it's so easy to, like, make relationships online with other fans. Yeah, like, I literally, I went to, the first time I went to LA, I went to visit my friend from high school, Martin, and I happened to hang out with Katie, like, one night at dinner. Like, you, like, Twitter Mutuals were like, oh, like, come to dinner with us, like, blah, blah, blah. And so we did, and I met Katie, and now, like, Katie's my best friend, could not imagine my life without her, but I'm like, what if we just never met? And I, you know what I mean? And, like, mm-hmm. now she's one of my literal best friends. I go to L.A. all the time. Like, it's just so, I just cannot picture life without these people. But it is true. Like, um, Manuela said, it can bring you a wonderful group, a wonderful community of like-minded people. And I think that's what everyone on Twitter has in common, like, regardless of fandom, is, like, we're all very like-minded. We're all very passionate, driven, like, just these things a lot of us are like in these careers because we were stands and like wanting to be in music or fashion or live in new york live in la like do all these things a lot of us are pursuing like a 24 7 career and it's like thank you stand twitter it's just it's amazing like (laughs) carly said it can absolutely change your life and your outlook on life it's a lifelong passion project of cultivating your own happiness by surrounding yourself with the things that make you happy period yeah i just can't get over how well spoken i know (laughs) or well written everyone is on this forum but i i totally agree with that i think it definitely is like a lifelong passion project there's artists that i'm i've been a fan of since i was five that i know i'm going to be a fan of when i'm 80 like i just Mm -hmm. know that like 
some of the artists like the, like you just connect with an artist in certain ways and that it's tied to your happiness like there are songs that I won't listen to for five years and then they play and I'm like I will always Literally. love this song like, yeah. like it brings you emotion it like transports you like back to a specific experience or like a concert or you know like an, a moment and yeah and just, just all so of special. the all of the like knowledge that you have even if it's the most uh, mundane like thing that is never going to be needed and is not going to propel you in life in any way and you just like know all these things because you were on twitter like it's and you happen to be a fan or like i don't know it's really it's something and it's like something that you can bond over instantly all the stupid things that happened to her like literally like one d day like what was that stared at my computer for eight hours like doing like literally what was that but I was there. Like, you but, know like, what I mean? It makes you happy. Yeah. And, like, I just, I was, like, so, like, what you said about a song, like, listening to a song for the first time and knowing every single word to, like, when the 1D, like, 10-year thing was happening, I, I started listening to their music again. And I was just, like, I literally remember every feeling of, like, hearing this song for the first time and, like, watching every single interview and, like, doing all these things. And it's just so fun to look back on and remember because it honestly, like, was such a great time in our life. And is going to be something that influences us forever and like is a part sticks with us forever because we have these lifelong friends and like these memories yeah something that a listener emma said is i now know that i have zero limits when it comes to things i'm passionate about and i honestly that is us in a nutshell like it's like i will not stop until i get everything that i want and i work hard because now i know how it feels like want something so bad and to root for someone so bad and like being able to now like root for ourselves and like be in these positions that we're like older and can like cultivate a career for ourselves and all these things like it's just being a fan allowed me to realize like I can be passionate about all these things and also like be super passionate about myself and the own work that we're doing like with this podcast and just so much more and and I honestly think that comes from fandom well, yeah, like, if we're advocating for someone else, like, why yeah. can't we advocate for ourselves? If we're going to create all this content and, like, tweets and pictures and, like, mm-hmm. audio and video messages and, you know, make videos of the, the lyrics, why can't we turn that into, if we're passionate about creating things, why can't we turn that into something mm-hmm. that's beneficial for us? And, yeah, I completely agree that that directly relates to being a fan. Um. McKenna said people care about you and the world and the world these entertainers create for you whether that be a live show or a feature film or piece of art are incredibly transformative and healing and worth all the love and dedication you pump into them my life is on the upswing because of the relationship I've had with my interests and the gifts they brought me it's just it's great like yeah I feel that a lot when you like when you listen to an album and you feel like it speaks to you and it's just something that you cannot explain simply i'm like i wish i could put things into words but i'm just like this album is so freaking good (laughs) but like it's true it really it's nice to have something to lean on and like something to make you forget about like life is hard life is tough especially right now and like to be able to have these things like this entertainment and like new shows on netflix movies like music it's really what pushes us forward and like keeps us going yeah on that same um tone just said that um it inspired them in terms of their career goals and that they feel like becoming a fan in their early tweet early teens made them realize how powerful music can be especially as a young person when you're going through a hard time and figuring life out it's good to have a constant source of positivity or an escape to turn to i feel like that the experience helped me develop as a person to become myself like this has become such a part big part of who I am now as weird as that sounds and that passion is what made me decide to work in the business so I can contribute to what I connect with slash mm-hmm. care so deeply about which again like sort of reiterates what we've already said but obviously yeah you can tell it's not just there's the two so of us, like, many people about yeah. this. like everyone feels this Janelle said I found a sense of comfort in a community of diverse passionate individuals I have met the funniest and nicest people to ever exist and my happiest memories definitely came from being a fan I truly would not become the person I am without being part of stan culture I think everyone thinks that their friends, like, their little, like, group of friends are yes. the nicest and funniest people <laughs> on the internet. So, like, I would have to argue with that. I know. But, I'm like, um, hello. <laughs> unless you're talking specifically about can we be real with you? I'm like, if you're my friend, then yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. 
And Chloe said, There is power and magic in becoming engrossed into fandom culture, a sense of belonging. There are so many opportunities to make lifelong memories and friends, but there is really a fine line between being a passionate stan and wandering into delusion territory, i.e. people literally placing hexes on people who don't (laughs) like the person they stan. And, like, I think that's what it all goes back to. Like, there are so many great takeaways, but, like, we all do need to acknowledge that there are changes that need to be made in stan culture. Especially, like, as a develop, like, as stan culture, like, develops, too. Like, there's so many great aspects of it, but, like, there definitely needs to be, like, checks and balances. Yeah, I agree. I think it's important. I think it's one main thing. Like, if you take anything from this, these two episodes, it's that when validation from people on the internet becomes too far, like, gets in your head and stan culture and fandom gets too much it clouds your judgment and you turn into somebody that you do not know please take a step back because that is something that i do not think a lot of people realize is how like yes it's all fun and games like fan fandom is fun but there are really bad sides to it and if you allow yourself to engage in that and become super obsessed with validation on the internet and like just being the funniest person which can also mean being super rude but you you just you and your mutuals and like your followers on twitter just think that you're being funny like you know there's you just need to take a step back sometimes i think it's really important and doesn't make you less of a fan or like a bad person for like noticing that about people or even about yourself i would argue that it makes you a good like a better fan if you notice that about yourself and like other people and you're just like i'm not gonna engage with this because there are super dark sides to fandom and people that take it way too far and if you get yourself like caught up in that it's it's not fun and it can be really detrimental for you when you're like mental health and stuff like I honestly think like there's like really bad sides to it and just people thinking like things are funny and cool and ha 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 but these are real people like celebrities are real people and it's not worth the hundred thousand retweets on twitter (laughs) it's not worth it so speaking of that I think you said that all very well. We're going to talk about some of the craziest things you guys have done as fans. And some of them are just so funny. So I know. Um, the first one I wanted to start with was camped out almost 30 hours to see 1D on Ellen. This is the most PG and least self-incriminating thing I can say I've done as a fan. <laughs> which is so funny because it's like camping out for 30 hours is a big deal. Like <laughs> I know. We literally, like, okay, can we most, say like, our PG thing you've done? <laughs> literally my most bizarre thing that i've ever done okay i just want to make everyone know i'm not a i'm not a camp out kind of gal um i'm more of a like get there at 7 a.m and sit there i'm not like we're gonna sleep here for days on end i just it's just not for me but one time we i was going to new york for the first time and i was visiting Liv, and it just so this happened was the, the first time we met wasn't it yeah it was literally the first time we met so the vamps were doing a show we're playing like gma like doing a segment yeah they're playing they're doing a segment on good morning america and to my knowledge like obviously good good morning america films at like 5 a.m so you got to get there pretty early but our plan was to get there at like what 2 a.m 1 a.m yeah so we meet at like eight o'clock at night it had to be like eight o'clock at night we get dinner and then we're going to our friend um also like i have to say like first of all everyone knows this now like if if we're planning to go to a concert and i say like oh let's go to 11 i mean eight like you have to like take three hours off of that number because i mean like three hours earlier than i've said and i'll bring it up like the night before i'll be like actually we should get there at eight instead so like that is like part of like just what i do because i'm insane but also like it was snowing in the yeah it was like like, march it was march there was a there was literally a it was so i underestimated how cold it was gonna be it was so cold we had to buy a hand warmers like we I'm pretty sure we both just had like a sweater and a jacket on. Like we didn't come, we didn't come with any type of material yeah. to help us. And so we get there at ten o'clock in the morning or ten o'clock at night the day before. And there's two girls in front of us. You're exaggerating. It was like twelve o'clock in the morning. Okay, but whatever. But also, I also, <laughs> I also want to say that we had it's tickets the longest already. Four hours of my life. It was so. It was brutal okay we already had tickets like it we had like priority tickets that we were going to get in regardless but it's just like we needed to get in there first obviously and it was just the most 
insane thing I've ever done in my life. To and be it fair, was we were on so national television. It paid off in my I, I like, know in my perspective. But our friend Steph, who was there the entire time with us, <laughs> she didn't have priority, and she literally did not get in. Like we were front first there, and she literally did not get in. And like Ellen and I are like, she, I know inside, and she's standing outside. <laughs> Oh my god, I felt so that awful was for her. not fun. And that was literally like six hours. I had cut out thirty hours. I'm sorry I'm clocking out. I cannot do that. It's just not in my character. Like I I just get so uncomfortable. I'm like, what are we gonna do? And then like we're but literally some of the outside. most fun I've had, like with my friends, like Natalie and I, like when we went for like the Vamps like last show, like we like that's the best time is like sitting there like yeah. eight hours before the show's gonna start being like, Why are we sitting out here? Like there that's just like when you get to your funniest point yeah because we're literally delusional and it's 1 a.m yeah <laughs> and we're like what is going on here but yeah camping out for 30 hours a lot of people said like hotels and like sneaking into hotels buying hotel rooms in buying rooms for the hotels that the people were staying at which i think is very like standard maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> like at least like in the past, like, 1D days. Yeah. At least. People did that a lot. Someone said, bought a ticket for a show not knowing how I'd get there, where I'd stay, for, for how long, or if I could take off work for it, which is relatable Sounds for like me. Something I always I do, do that. Two people said, just the way I used to speak about Niall Horan, I'd be mortified if he ever read my Instagram captions or Tumblr tags <laughs> under photos of him. Very much dramatic and theatrical, and I publicly professed my undying love. Oh my god. And then someone else, like a few people said spamming all of One Direction a hundred times to follow me on Twitter. Do you remember everyone used to do like, they'd save like spam tweets in their draft and you would just change an emoji? Yeah. Or you would put like a different number and then like you would go to, you would be like, I'm going to bed. Gonna like take off all my tweets and like tweet all my drafts. Okay, Bridget said this, which is funny because I was there when she did, when this happened. Okay, so we decided that we were going to go to see Sean Mendes in Toronto. So Bridget lives in Detroit and from Detroit to Toronto, it's like a four hour drive, I think. We had to obviously cross the Canadian border. So we're crossing the Canadian border. Everyone has their passports. Nothing's happening. You know, we're just chilling, vibing. Then the guy's like, is that pepper spray to our friend Allie that's driving? Like, cause on her keys. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, that's illegal in Canada. So you guys have to go. Your car has to get searched. You have to turn that in. Basically, like, get de- like we were just detained at the border for like 45 minutes and they had to search her car they had to like take all our names down they had to take down her name like all of this stuff and the funniest part of it all is that when we got inside the like office or whatever like little building where you're sitting there Allie was like talking to the lady and they were asking us obviously like why are you going to Detroit or why are you going to Toronto whatever and we were like oh we're going to a Shawn Mendes concert and the guy the border patrol officer is just like oh Shawn Mendes he has that song with Camila Cabello Senorita yeah I think she's gonna be there he's like I'm 100% sure you're she's gonna be there at the Rogers Center and we were just like oh okay ha 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 like it was the most bizarre thing and honestly she was there so maybe he had some intel that we didn't have but it was the weirdest experience ever like we were just like um okay also who knew pepper spray was legal in canada like question mark someone said stayed up all night in line outside of central park to get a good spot for gma summer concert performance they know the life (laughs) although i'm sure it was much warmer than our experience yeah Um, i know someone said this is so funny to me walked 15 miles to 1d world just to buy nothing because I remember that was, like, for the MSG tour in 2012. And I, went, I remember I, went that I with, like, wrote Ed that. Sheeran, and we went to 1D World. And, like, we I don't remember purchasing anything either. And I'm pretty sure I would have bought, like, literally anything. So there must have not been anything good there. Someone said everything I did for 1D between 2012 and 2015. Literally that was my next one. Like, you don't you, even have to specify. Like, I completely agree with that. Join the freaking club. I Look at the 116,000 tweets I have. Like, that says it all someone said tried to manifest harry styles as my boyfriend with harry's scented candle and harry poster there are no literally me yeah it's from your number one fan so (laughs) i'm like all i do is manifest harry styles in my life if you're listening harry i love you (laughs) a lot of 
a lot of regret for old 1D day antics or 1D yeah. time antics in here. And then, like, the BTS stands are here saying, spend $750 on a barricade ticket three weeks after I started standing BTS, worth it. And someone else said that they camped outside of Staples Center for a whole week to get barricade for their tour. And that is, like, something, like, we talk about camping out. Like, that's something that's so prevalent with, like, K-pop stands. Like, they will just camp out for a week. I have a friend that will sit outside for a week. I, like, I can do, like, 11 hours i cannot yeah because it's like i would be i wouldn't be able to sleep like i'm sorry i would be scared and also i would like where am i getting my food and how do i trust everyone around me that they're not going to snake me and like and the bathroom. take my spot when i leave there's a lot of trust that goes into like lining up yeah well you guys are i think even crazier than alham and i for the most part <laughs> thank you for sharing your craziest thing you've ever done with us for your artist of choice we had a lot of fun talking about stan culture in general and we hope that you enjoyed this episode if you did please let us know we've got some comments back on the first episode we hope you enjoy the second part and let us know if you'd want more stan culture content from us in the future because it is a very easy thing for us to discuss because we have a lot to say and you guys have a lot to say too which is really cool to like have such a great discussion about it and we'd love for you to continue that discussion with us on instagram and twitter please do not send us any more hate mail via brandon luke and peyton please leave us alone we don't care hopefully i was closer (laughs) enough to the mic this episode for you but yeah we hope you guys enjoyed this episode yeah thank you and make sure to share um or make sure to rate and review us on apple pod even if you listen on spotify just go over to little purple icon in your like home screen somewhere and rate and review us leave a little comment it really would help us all out help us out a lot and we're so close to a thousand plays so send it to your friends send it to your twitter literally friends. and follow Let's, us on instagram almost at 200 followers which is crazy again we cannot shit. believe that we can even say that so <laughs> it's unreal to us like mind-blowing we it's have to go and like but we're so excited about this we're so excited to continue to work on this and we have so many ideas and We're going to keep bringing you content every Monday. So thank you for listening. We'll see you next Monday on Can Can We Be Be Real Real With You? You.